This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. It's a Friday. Fridays mean we get to spend some quality time with Dr. Peter Hammond, who's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. On a cloudy, cool day. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning. And uh, on Wednesday, Freedom Day, 27th of April, thousands of Catonians gathered on the Grand Parade in front of the Cape Town City Hall and marched around Cape Town. And it was the Freedom March, the Cape Freedom March, and went up uh, Darling Street and up Adley Street and Wales Street and stopped at the provincial parliament and uh, delivered a petition uh, calling for referendum for Cape Independence, uh, marched all the way up and uh, along Long Street, uh, a lot of support there, and then up Orange Street past the Mount Nelson and then down Government Avenue uh, all the way past uh, Parliament and ended up back at the um, Cape uh, Grand Parade in front of the castle and the city hall where there was about an hour of speeches. So it was about a three-hour operation and a 3.6-kilometer walk, and there was a tremendous spirit and lots and lots of fascinating posters and messages and flags, and it was a very colorful, cheerful uh, event. Uh, There's a and uh, some very energetic young drummers <laughs> from the Cape Flats who were leading the march. And uh, people who are interested to know about it can go onto the Cape of Good Hope Facebook page or Cape of Good Hope.Africa website or Cape Exit uh, or the Cape Independence Advocacy Group and others. There was a really great spirit. And of course, some people are saying, but is it possible? To secede. Well, Namibia seceded from South Africa. There's a lot of examples of successful secessions recently, including South Sudan, Eritrea, um, all the way across Yugoslavia, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. And yes, uh, secession is possible. And what's also intriguing is the right to self determination is specifically mentioned in the South African Constitution. It's uh, in Section 235. And it's also guaranteed by international law. Mm. Uh, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. The African Union Charter on Human and People Rights also guarantees the rights of self-determination and secession. And the United Nations Charter, to which the Republic of South Africa is a signatory, guarantees the right to self-determination. So, for example, in the Constitution of South African Republic, hmm. Chapter 14, Section 235, recognizes and guarantees the right of self-determination of any community sharing a common cultural and language heritage within the territorial entity of the Republic. Mm. And so the Cape fulfills all the necessary requirements to achieve self-determination and independence should a majority of its electorate choose to do so. The United Nations Charter of 1945, Chapter 1, Purposes and Principles, Article 1, says to develop friendly relations among nations based on respect for the principle of equal rights and self-determination of peoples, and to take other appropriate measures to strengthen universal peace. So self-determination of peoples 
is a guaranteed international right recognized in international law, um, including in the African Union Charter, in the United Nations Charter, and the Southern Constitution. And the self-determination principle of the law, uh, declaration of the granting of independence to colonial countries and peoples, adopted by the United Nations Assembly Resolution 1514, 14th of December 1966, all peoples have the right to self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. And immediate steps should be taken in trust and non-self-governing territories or all other territories which have not yet attained full independence, the transfer of all powers to the peoples of those territories without any conditions or reservations in accordance with the freely expressed will and desire without any distinction as to race, creed, or color, in order to enable them to enjoy complete independence and freedom. And uh, in this international covenant and civil and political rights, all people have a right of self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural developments. And all people may, for their own ends, freely dispose of their natural wealth and resources without prejudice of any obligations arising out of international economic cooperation based upon the principle of mutual benefit and international law, in no case may a people be deprived of its own means of subsistence. And the parties, the state parties to the present covenant, including those having the responsibility for the administration of non-self-governing and trust territory, shall promote the realization of a right of self-determination. Mm and shall respect the rights in conformity with the provisions of the Charter of the United Nations. And so uh, this is quite clear. Uh, even the United Nations Charter, Article 20, all people shall have the right to self-determination. They shall have the unquestionable, inalienable right to self-determination. They shall freely determine their political status. They shall pursue the economic and social development according to the policy that they have freely chosen. And so uh, it's quite clear that, in fact, uh, there is international law, there are precedents, and many countries have come out of secession, from Switzerland to Singapore, from the United States of America to Finland, uh, to Norway, uh, to more recently South Sudan and Namibia, right on our border. And it's also true that prior to 1910, South Africa did not exist. And after the Anglo-Boer Wars, the British Empire forced together six autonomous entities within the borders of what they called the Union of South Africa. And uh, it's also true that the Union of South Africa's newly formed borders included the Boer Republics and the South African Republic of Transvaal and Orange Free State, two British protectorates, the Kingdom of Swaziland and Lesotho, and two British colonies, the Cape Colony and Natal. And in 1966 and 1968, Lesotho and Swaziland respectively were granted independence. And uh, there's no reason why uh, the Cape should not be given the same opportunity, considering that the Cape has had its own parliament, the oldest parliament in Southern Hemisphere, dating all the way back to the, 19th, to the 1850s. Mm. And uh, the Cape has been a political entity for over 350 years. And the United Nations has recognized the need for colonial constructs to be removed. And so artificially constructed colonial borders, it, it's caused conflict throughout Africa and the recent peaceful referendum for independence in South Sudan is an encouraging testament to the trend 
towards self-determination, which all over the world many are choosing. And one just thinks of a Brexit referendum undertaken by the British people to be independent of the European Union, another example of this emerging movement of decentralization and independence. Mm. And so uh, the people in the Cape plainly like the idea of Cape independence. Uh, there was a recent very professional poll that was taken, uh, which showed that 58% of Western Cape voters support a referendum on Cape independence, 58%, which has grown dramatically in, in recent years. Mm. And uh, the uh, amount of people supporting uh, a referendum for Cape independence is even higher. And uh, we can see that uh, there is a sense that Provincial governments should be given more power, and we can also see trends where in recent elections people are voting for a party that particularly promises provincial control of water, provincial control of electricity, provincial control of the police, and uh, autonomy in many areas, the ability to also have referendums to determine key things. All of this is a good development, and uh, as Christians, we should support it. It's a, it's a biblical concept, let my people go that they may serve me. And uh, a majority of people in the Western Cape are Christians and adhere to the Christian message. And here we've got an op- a situation in the country where the government is, in fact, not wanting us to worship them, not in schools, not in the parliament. Mm. We used to open all meetings in parliament and pray in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that was abolished in 1994 without even a minute of silence to acknowledge a higher source of power above. And so when we look at the principle of let my people go and how even Israel came past through the uh, decision of people to secede, well, Galatians 5 verse 1, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Curry Bible Institute. Remember, if you want to catch up with any of the Christian perspectives on the news from Monday through Friday, our website's the place to find it, kpulpa.co.za. You click podcast, choose Get Up and Go Breakfast, scroll down. We, Elmer and I were having a look at it yesterday until the Christian perspective on the news is towards the bottom of the list of channels. Once you're at it, you can scroll through. You'll find the freshest episode at the top of the pile. A big thanks to you, Dr. Peter Hammond, and here's to a really good weekend. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.